0: Good morning, everyone. I thought I would speak just a little bit about Sazen today,
1: our meditation practice. And how even after practicing for a long time, you can sometimes wonder, is this a good use of my time to just sit? then I think we reflect on how all the activities that we do, all the rearranging of objects, all the conversations, all the movement, all of that is uh, determined by our mind. Our mind sits behind all of that activity. And so to look after the mind is to look after all the activity. So we, in fact,
0: are more effective in what we do
1: during the day when we spend time learning about our mind and settling our
0: mind. When people come to Zazen, they often come for a variety of reasons
1: Often people come to practice because something's happened in their life and they're feeling distressed. And they want to try and find a way to navigate their distress Sometimes people come to practice because. They've noticed that the restlessness that they've had all their life, no matter what they do, seems to keep returning. And they're kind of tired of the restlessness
0: or the dissatisfaction. Even though there's lots of good times as well, there's a bit of an underlying restlessness.
1: Sometimes people come to practice because they've heard about enlightenment and they want to experience enlightenment. They want to experience some kind of realization that they have heard leads to a deep mental peace and sense of well-being.
0: Sometimes people
1: come to practice because they've met someone who they respect and admire, and that that person meditates, so I think I should, I want to try that too. And sometimes people come to practice because they they want to understand the Buddha's teachings, and they want to understand why the world is the way it is, or understand who they are, or why
0: they are here,
1: And all of these reasons, uh, I think, can be. I think they're all good reasons. They're all fine, fine reasons for coming to practice. And you could say all of those reasons are unified by describing all of those reasons as Buddha nature or our true nature expressing itself, our true nature. Moves towards wholesomeness. So people come to practice because they can't help it. Their true nature is expressing itself. As it is for everyone, even when it looks like it isn't. People are always moving towards what they think is wholesome, it just often isn't. People are moving towards wanting to be at ease. So that's what brings us to practice. But when we do Zazen, Zazen is is a one part of Zazen is actually to let go of all those reasons. So we have all of those reasons. We have those aspirations, we have that desire to wake up, let's say, we have that desire. But when we sit in Zazen, we can forget about all those reasons in zazen itself, they are there, but in zazen we just do whatever our zazen practice is.
0: Following the breath, counting on the out breath,
1: listening to sounds, noticing thoughts going past like clouds in the sky. Letting them just pass across the sky. We may have a koan that we're working with. So we bring the koan to mind. Then we let
0: it be and just sit.
1: Letting the koan work on us rather than us working on it. Or we may have a particular meditation practice that we've been given by a teacher. So we bring ourselves back to that meditation practice. Our mind drifts. We bring it back to whatever that practice is that we've been given by our teacher. So sometimes people, I think, have a little confusion because they've heard that we shouldn't have any expectation in Zazen. I think it's helpful to see it in two parts, that we we can have not so much expectations, but a wish or an aspiration for all of those things that brought us to practice in the first place. There's nothing wrong with having that. We all have them. In a way, we wouldn't practice unless there was some drive for us to come to practice. But when we're actually doing Zazen, that's when we don't worry about them. It's just a returning, returning. Mostly, I, I would say, we're returning to just the present experience. One way of seeing that present experience is just being aware of awareness itself. We're sitting and we notice that we are aware. we we'll see if we can just stay with that just pure awareness without adding anything. Dogen describes it as sitting without expectation, sitting without expecting a reward.
0: Because if we do
1: sit with an expectation of some particular reward, we'll, we will feel some disappointment because uh, Although the rewards are there, they come when they're ready to come. They don't come when you want them to come. can't make them come. Certainly the rewards are there, but we have to not want them while we're doing zazen. We can simply notice those, call them rewards if you like, we, we can notice those rewards after, after the fact. Notice that over the years that we're more settled and feel more at home wherever we are, less disturbed by things, have less negative feelings or thoughts about others or about ourselves. So the fruits of practice are there, but in Zazen we just don't worry about them. So when we sit with that no-gaining idea, that pure sitting is Shikantaza, just sitting. It is at the heart of the Soto school of Zen. And so Waka Kodo Roshi described it, just used this phrase, Zazen is good for nothing, which I think can be a little confusing to people. Zazen is good for nothing is the right attitude to take in Zazen. Forget about all the reasons. Just return to the breath. Just return to now. Over and over and over. It never gets boring. I've found it never to get boring. It's always interesting. Uh, so the other night I had a dream that I was on a cruise ship. And, you know, on cruise ships, modern cruise ships have all the restaurants and tables and all the people sitting there. And someone asked if I would give a talk on any topic. So I stood up and gave a talk about Zazen.
0: That's all the dream was, a very short dream.
1: But I reflected on when I woke that it was a cruise ship. And often in dreams I think it's not the content of the dream. Sometimes it's key words in the dream. And so I really thought about this word cruise. I dreamt I was on a cruise ship. And to cruise is to kind of move about without any destination in
0: mind. And often
1: has a sense of relaxed pleasure to cruise, sort of cruising on a boat. Nowadays has been, you could say, distorted by, by the industry and wealth and so on. But in the old days... Just cruised about on a little sailboat or something. You just were wandering about on the water, no particular plan to get anywhere at any particular time, and just relaxing. I think that's a good. Uh, that was kind of an interesting that that word was in that dream, in relation to this talk, that we sit without a destination in mind, and we do it with a relaxed kind of pleasure. We don't need to be hard on ourselves
0: in Zazen. So, so
1: often we hear about Zazen, about returning. The reason I think we talk about returning is that the mind drifts off to thinking we don't even notice that it's doing it it's thinking about all the things our mind thinks about it's the nature of mind to think we notice that it's thinking and we return
0: to just what's in front of us over and over and over that's how we practice And the usual
1: activity of our mind, the usual habit of our mind in daily life, is to pay attention to all the things in the foreground, the people, the events, the objects. We normally pay attention to everything that's in the foreground. And a way of thinking about uh, zazen is that we fall back into the background. We step back from the activity into the background. And there's a, there's a lot of different metaphors for this, this background. Uh, probably the most well-known is this image of the ocean. And in the foreground is the waves, on the surface is the waves, the activity, which is what we normally give our attention to. But in Zazen, we can fall back, or in this metaphor, fall down into the body of water, into the ocean, and experience the stillness of that vast ocean. The activity is there on the surface, and we drop back into the vast ocean. In doing that over and over and over, we start to see... The relationship between all of that activity on the surface and the ocean itself—we we see that that activity rises up from the ocean. So that's one way that we can imagine zazen. If we're when we sit and we're starting to think about things, going across our our mind, we can drop back into the ocean, feel the stillness of the great vast body of water. Another image is of a still lake. A still late lake, the water, reflects the sky and the moon at night and the clouds and any trees that are leaning over the water. It reflects any person who looks over it and into it. But the surface of the water itself isn't disturbed by anything that's reflected on it. So in our zazen, we can be like the surface of the, the surface of a clear lake, allowing everything that, that's reflected on it to reflect on it, not have it uh, just be disturbing in any way. It's just doing what it's doing. The thoughts are just reflecting thoughts. The thoughts are just arriving,
0: just like the images are reflecting. And I'm noticing, just
1: talking about this, that I'm aware of my breathing because it's our breath that makes it possible for us to slow down in this particular sort of way. Our breath slows down and then our mind slows down. Another image is uh, the surface of a mirror. The, the, The mirror allows everything. It doesn't reject anything that's reflected on it. Anything can reflect on the mirror, and the mirror remains the same. The mirror is not stained or damaged or cracked, no matter what is reflected on it. Even the most terrible, terrible thing that that is reflected onto the surface of the mirror doesn't affect the mirror itself. So our mind can... We can cultivate a mind that's like a mirror. It doesn't mean this is a mind that doesn't engage. It's just a mind that isn't disturbed even by the most terrible things the mind can can, uh, respond to it, can allow the fact of it before
0: it then responds.
1: Another way just to see these, these images, these metaphors, is that in this background, this background is uh, unbound. It doesn't get stained. It doesn't get cracked. It doesn't come. It doesn't go. cannot be destroyed. We step into that background in Zazen. We're stepping back into the unborn back into the undying from which everything emerges. In a way, you could say this is the reliable ground of our true nature that we could touch in Zazen each day. And I think this is one of the reasons people report that they find Zazen so nourishing Of course, we live in a world of transient things. Things come and things go. Things break.
0: Things are lost. When we
1: drop back into this ground of true nature. We drop back. We get to experience that each day. It's a deep kind of security. There is a security. The Buddha taught there is a deep security that we can rely on. It's this uh, groundless ground, this unborn ground, which we call various things. I like to call it Buddha nature. I think that uh, has a joyful, uplifting quality to it, to call it Buddha nature. So it creates a stability in our mind. Its stability in our minds is extremely beneficial to the world. The world needs stable minds. And unexpectedly, by stepping into this background, we actually fall in love with the foreground. It's kind of unexpected that by sitting back into the background, we develop a new appreciation for all the activity in the foreground. We can love the activity in the foreground.
0: Uh, so this zazen that
1: we do is often good to do every day. It seems to create more power, more strength when it's done daily. And it's beneficial to do all day sits when you can, or two day sits when you can, often called zazen kais. And of course retreats, sesshin. very, very beneficial. Hours and hours of sitting, day upon day, allows our mind to become very supple and subtle.
0: We can rest in that background. Well, I think that might be enough, talking just about Zazen.